0: hello everybody welcome to the debut episode of shut up and listen um i am beyond thrilled to be getting to do this and i mean my first guest what can i say about my first guest lexi alexander she's a former world kickboxing champion stunt woman has trained the united states marines in hand-to-hand combat before going on to becoming an Academy Award-nominated director for Johnny Flinton, a short film about a tragedy that befalls a boxer. She then went on to direct Green Street Hooligans, which she also co-wrote with Dougie Brimson. And Green Street Hooligans is only second in history to win both the Audience and Jury Awards at South by Southwest Film Festival. From there, she directed Punisher Warzone, which has achieved a huge cult following, being hailed by comedian Patton Oswalt as, quote, the best time I've had at the movies this year. In the last few years, she's taken the helm of directing episodes of some of the most popular TV shows out there, such as Arrow, Supergirl, and Limitless. Recently, she's been tapped to direct Crossface, the tragic real-life story of wrestler Chris Benoit, who murdered his wife and son before committing suicide in 2007. Most importantly... She is also one of the most fiercest people I know. She utilizes her voice and platform to help create change within the entertainment industry and the world. She calls out hypocrisy, mentors others, especially when women of color. She's one of the rare few who actually walks the talk. So without further ado, please help me welcome Lexi Alexander.
1: Eee, big applause sound effect. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Insert big applause sound effect. Yeah, thank you. I'm so pleased. I am uh, your first guest in your premiere podcast episode.
0: I am so grateful that you agreed to be my first guest. I really can't believe it. Of course. <laughs> you no, know, you know
1: I'm like a groupie of yours, right? Besides the fact that we're now friends, but I I'm know like, I like grew up with you while like being. Being the same age, but looking at this, like, actress who was, like, five.
0: <laughs> well, I, I really, Oops. really appreciate that. Um ba 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 ba, ba. technical difficulties. I, I, I already kicked the cable out <laughs> of the machine. How funny. Um, it's, it's a, it, I think that it's great symbolism, there you know, for, for what's going on today. You know, uh, they try to unplug us and we plug ourselves back in. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but also we can't be tied to shit.
0: (laughs) That is true. That is true. So, most importantly, um, how the hell are you doing during this uh, apocalypse that's upon us?
1: Um, You know, I'm actually okay. Um, It's a weird thing because everybody's panicking now and everybody is in this state of, you know uh, you know i i see people do things that we people like you and myself and many out other outspoken activists on twitter have done for a long time so it's also slightly you know i don't want to use the word satisfying because i surely don't want this guy to be in charge i don't want a dictatorship tyranny i don't want another hitler and i can say that now and just so you understand germans when you grew up in germany like I have, you don't use the word Hitler lightly yeah. um, because it's disrespectful. And so uh, th- more than enough people, including Holocaust survivors, have now used the word to compare them to. So I'm not, etc. cetera, this is not a typical, you know, oh, everybody's Hitler. No, no. <laughs> you you ban an entire people based on their religion, the comparison kind of sits. So yeah, I don't want him in charge. But I think what's very interesting is that a lot of liberals who thought that we were just doing just fine are suddenly panicked. That oh, there's racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we kind of told you, and you thought it was all good. So, and as you've seen yesterday, there was a lot of a lot of famous um, Hollywood guys tweeting she persists and outraged that senator warren wasn't allowed to speak and i think a lot of us women in hollywood were kind of like oh really you don't (laughs) like sexism (laughs) now interesting (laughs) you know and it takes a little bit of discipline to not call out people on that
0: you know yeah i mean for me you know the the one thing that i i truly can't stand is hypocrisy
1: my pet peeve
0: i i really can't stand it You know, and I I had an experience the other night when I called out Lady Gaga. You did? Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) About the Super Bowl. Um, And saying that, you know, Beyonce knew how to use her platform. She knew how to use her platform. And Lady Gaga, you know, sang a few lines from a song. And that was it. Um, And people got really up in arms. And I lost close to 100 followers, just simply criticizing. How do you know how many followers you lost? I'm obsessed with numbers. Oh, really? I'm horrible at math. Yeah. I think the only thing that I need is addition, <laughs> as it applies to my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm obsessed with numbers, like obsessed. So if I see, you know, a license plate that says x 71 nine I'm like seven plus one is eight plus nine is 17 seven plus one is eight like yeah that would never happen to <laughs> me
1: right? like I, I'm that bad in math I don't ever want to hear that it exists to be honest I mean
0: <laughs> it, it, it's I think that it's it's for me it's a it's a little OCD huh it's a little OCD I'm finding as I get older just how OCD I am and it's just how my brain works. It's really just how my brain works, um, but yeah, I lost I lost close to hundred followers, and and the responses back were, I think that she did a great job, and she was t- speaking about like, unity and inclusion, and da 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 da, and these are the same individuals though that are calling out sexism you know, are are calling out homophobia, are calling out xenophobia. Um, but the second somebody criticizes, you know, um, an artist that really is being a coward, they get up in arms. They get up in arms because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes them feel so uncomfortable.
1: Well, you know, this is, I think... Um, you know, I, I love this term, uh, the liberal limit, because it really, uh, the, and the, there's a lot of limit there. Because there's uh, everybody has a different, you know, limit really. And I think a lot of people around us, especially in Hollywood, it's very low. You know, uh, like that. That, for example, the fact that you, I mean, for some people, criticizing. Uh, Matt Damon is a bad thing. It doesn't matter how many times he's now put don't, his foot in his mouth. Don't
0: even get me yeah. started.
1: But you know there's a lot like him. He just managed to be on camera a couple of times when he said dumb stuff, but like yeah. we have a lot of them. And um you know people don't really wanna uh, wanna go there, you know. But you know to me I don't think it matters. Like I you know I constantly lose people or of followers. I'm sure I yeah. don't keep track to be yeah. honest. Um but uh Good boy. I get in trouble like every other week with something I say, you know, and it's it's funny because being also Middle Eastern and having that background is um, I'm not as fierce as some of uh, some of the, um, you know, Middle Eastern Arab feminists that I follow. Um, but boy, like any direction you say anything, you're trying to fight the misogyny in in your own, you know, basically community. You you get yelled at. Then you go and tell people not to say that all Muslims or all Arabs are misogynists. You get yelled at. You mm-hmm. get yelled at from every direction possible. Yeah. I mean, it's at at some point because I always get contacted when there's uh, violence against hijabis. At some point, because I was talking to a lot of young hijabis, because I I seem to be a bit of a bridge, you know. I didn't. I have a Muslim father, which in the Muslim world. Kind of uh, a lot of people believe if you have a Muslim father you 're Muslim, mm-hmm. but in my case, I really have an atheist mu- mu- Muslim father who didn 't care that much. Um, I have a German mother, I was going to school in Germany, so they decided that it would be better for me to be baptized Catholic because w- we still had religion in school, and I was in a very small town in Germany, and i they didn 't want me to like be left out or discriminated against so i was kind of just by default uh, a catholic with a muslim dad so i i do feel sometimes often like a bridge yeah i do understand the muslim people really well they obviously my family um i am not religious in the least um um so i, I do feel though I, I can be kind of an in-between and the a lot of hijabi girls feel comfortable coming to me because they don't they also have the problem that if they do tell their family what's happening, like if they get harassed and stuff, all of a sudden they have a lot of brothers and fathers around them who don't let them go out mm-hmm. and their mothers don't want them to go out. So all of a sudden this pro- protective bubble becomes a lot stronger and smaller. Yeah. So they often don't say at home what's happening, but they feel okay telling me. So I knew what was happening out there. And one of the things I said at one point was like, I don't understand why Muslim dudes don't fucking wear a patch or a T-shirt that says I am Muslim so that when you have a bunch of tough guy, hooligans, neo-Nazis or whatever, they don't aim at the, the, you know, one girl with a hijab, wearing the hijab. And boy, oh boy, it was like I insulted fucking everybody, like the whole Muslim world (laughs) was insulted by it, except of some of the few people who are really progressive and who are trying to like... You know, uh, move forward. But they thought I was now promoting like a, a batch, like uh, you know that you know that is a really bad thing, like a discriminating, like thing. Star
0: of David style. And
1: I, exactly. And I said, no. What I'm saying is that hijabis are the the most targeted because they're the only visible in your community. Yes. And they said, well, what, what does it help us to make us more visible? I'm like, well. I don't know if you've ever heard of any basic personal security. You know, you see 10 Muslims on a train, in a train car. um, That's a much bigger risk to attack 10 than if you see one hijabi and then you say, oh, I follow her around the corner and then I pull her off the stairs as it has happened. So it was just a normal thing. And most of my friends who are really like, you know, um, uh, Kasim who goes on the Muslim IQ, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I already have a hat that says that we should absolutely do that and stand next to our sisters and also be a target, Mm -hmm. either all of us or nobody but the rest of the world. And so there's a every week there's an issue that gets me into trouble with somebody. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, at this point I'm like, you know, if I have to think about every time, you know, I may as well just leave it. Yeah,
0: you know? no, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that I love about you so much and is so fucking rare in this industry. And really, you know, forget the industry, just in the world. You know, you you are consistent, and you are authentic, and you are brutally honest, and you don't shy away. And with that, too, I think that there is, because on one hand, social media, you know, connects us in ways that it hasn't before, you know, Um, but with that, too, I think there's also an incredible disconnection. And that people forget that they are dealing with human beings, and that no matter how... and that I don't know if 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 you feel this way as well, but I do have moments where something really stinks, somebody says something to me on a certain day um and it stings, and it hurts, and it it gets in there. Like, it gets in there. I think that being being an advocate, being outspoken, um, fighting for what is right, at times is exhausting. It's emotionally and spiritually draining. It can be. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um,
1: well, first of all, I think you're consistent, and you're honest. Um, I, I think that people overestimate give me too much credit for how honest I am because I don't think people know that I censor myself 90% a day. I, no. I write tweets, I delete them oh, constantly. Oh, same here. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to hear these complaints about, oh, you're so honest. I'm like, no, I, I, there was 10 important things today that I composed and didn't tweet because I, th- I thought that they would negatively affect me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I am a big believer in having courage and standing up for what is right. I'm also scared shitless that at some point I can't pay my rent anymore. Yeah. And it's a struggle, you know. But I also often feel, you know, a little bit left alone by people who, A, have more power than me, who could be saying the same thing and not throw me under the drain, uh, as a lot of women directors, for example. Mm. Um, but also, like, why why aren't the most powerful of us? Like, there? there's so many, you know, powerful you know, white dudes who could use their voice and say the things that I'm saying so that I don't have to be out there and then being judged like, oh, she's too outspoken. Why would we hire her? I mean, look, in our business, it's really kind of, uh, you know, if you have 10 people up for the same job, why would you ever hire the one who is like pointing out all the kind of non-PC stuff on your show. That's what they all think I do. And to be honest, I have done that. Like if I see that a stunt woman is about to be put into blackface because they couldn't in Vancouver find a black stunt woman for a darker black actress, I will say something, but I'm costing them money and I'm a liability for them because there's a lot of people who don't speak up. Don't see that, and for them that's easier. So hiring me, or you know, for example, hiring somebody like Effie Brown, as you've seen publicly on Project Greenlight, she will tell you that you shouldn't hire the one person of color as a chauffeur. Like, and and as you could see, that's why I was so glad that happened. As you could see, these moments, people like Effie and myself, and I'm sure you, we have that a million times. I constantly run into the same situation where I bring something up and the whole room is like, oh, why do you have to say that now?
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: was so (laughs) glad that that was on public display because I was (laughs) like, what what do you think I go through every day, you know? And it's hard because, yes, of course, when people are are running a show and just wanting ratings and they just want to, like, I just want to get the footage, I just want to get done – They don't want somebody like me who says, well, you may think about not putting black shoe color on that stunt woman. And by the way, these are the things I have to say, right? And that's, you know, just one of the many things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it... And there's also a lot of stuff I don't say, which, which haunts me forever. There's many, many things I see women constantly referred to as, you know, honey, love babe you know this all we we are the worst we are the most repressive industry when it comes to all of the isms but boy on Twitter we look good (laughs) we're fucking so liberal we're the worst we have the worst statistics we have an EEOC government investigation into the discrimination of women directors you know you saw in the Sony hack that people are like making black jokes back and forth about what when Barack Obama comes what movies could ever we are the worst we are the worst and we have not even like any company has you human resource seminar to, that says here's the words you shouldn't uh, use around women they don't we don't have that in hollywood the, you go you walk on a set and people don't understand like we, we are old fashioned as it gets we still hear all this shit
0: you know? oh yeah i mean i just did a film where the director who was female asked for a dolly two crew members who were men said but it's already on the truck and she was like so yeah I mean it's just we're just going to have to get it out and get it out of the truck and she was like so go to the truck and get it go get the dolly and if it had been a man that wouldn't have even been a question Yeah, you know and the the microaggression, continual, continual microaggression. And I just tweeted like a long thread about this a few weeks ago because after Trump got inaugurated, I pulled out my survival pack, which was a pack of cigarettes, you know, and some Irish whiskey (laughs) and my computer. And somebody had said, don't smoke. And something within me snapped. you know it's it's such a it, It's such a normal thing for men, I think, to tell women what to do, you know, what to put in one's body, ba blah, blah, how to behave. And I feel like, especially here in the states, um, if you grow up believing that your body is not yours starting from go hug grandma and grandpa even when you don't want to and you're taught consciously or subconsciously that somebody else's feelings are more important than your autonomy right that is going to expand pardon me that is going to expand as you get older and that feeling of guilt That can come when you try to set a boundary and try to stay in your power. Um, Because I don't know about you, but for me, I was taught that you have to be a good girl. Listen to what everybody else says. Um, Your uncomfortability doesn't matter. In fact, your feelings don't matter, period. And don't cause waves and keep your head down. So any kind of violation I felt personally or professionally growing up, I felt completely without a voice, completely, completely without a voice. And then I went through a period of time where I I hit almost like a spiritual bottom and I had to examine these beliefs that I thought were mine and hold them up to the light and be like, a, is this even my belief? And it's not. And then how is this even still serving me? And then I just got to the point of, I don't give a fuck. You know, there's this idea of, well, you don't want to cause waves because those people that might want to hire you, like might not hire you. And for me, I'm like, I've been doing this for almost 30 fucking years, you know, like they know who I am and if, if they haven't hired me yet, they're probably not going to, you know, so why am I going to be quiet on the, on the proverbial maybe one day, someday, you know, and I feel like it's a little different for you because I'm coming from you know, the side of of being an actor, and you're coming from the side of being a director, so I don't deal with um, the bureaucracy as much as you do, you know, and I don't deal with executives as much as you do. Um, <clears throat> but with that too, what I've discovered is that I sometimes can be more effective when I'm under the radar as well. Mm-hmm. And it took me, it took me a little while to learn that and to understand that, because once I found my voice, I was like, ah, I'm gonna, like, no, you shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna speak and say and do and ba 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 ba, and I went from one extreme to the other, and now I'm finding that beautiful middle ground where it's. um, just getting to see in those moments um, where somebody is going to be able to hear me and those times when they're not. Like, I've had some general meetings that have been horrible because I've misread the audience.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, I have those. I have those as well.
0: Like, I, I remember, because I'd had, like, a succession of meetings that were going so well, and I was talking about, I was sick of the white, the straight white male gaze.
1: Yeah. You can't say that in in, in terms
0: that. of storytelling. But it was so, I remember that there was one exec that had sent an email to my manager mm. that said, Heather was like a glass of water for my parched soul.
1: Yeah, you met somebody who resonated with that message, but I would say <clears throat> that's 90% not the case. Yeah, def- definitely But I not. have done that. I have done, I have misread rooms and, you know.
0: But with that too, you know, for me, it's um, I. I have no desire to work with bigots, and I have no desire to work with, you know, essentially just spineless fuck nuggets.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nice. Here's what I think. Okay, this is I think where, where I think we have an opportunity. Um, You know, we have a whole bunch of Hollywood people out there tweeting that what happened to Senator Warren yesterday or the day before yesterday, Mm -hmm. I can't keep it straight, was outrageous and disrespectful and uh, barbaric and whatever, okay? And, you know, my, my first instinct is to get really angry because I'm seeing this being tweeted by men who I know don't hire women, don't listen to women. Don't think Uh women women are funny. That's okay. We like the dogs in the background. Yeah, we do tag along. (laughs) Shh. It just makes it more personal. (laughs) I like it. Um, So you know, there is uh, the the my my first like my first you know fighter instinct is like, oh, I'm gonna fucking tweet a stat about your production uh, place uh, and how many women you've worked with and blah blah blah. And then I'm like, you know, what what does that do for me right now? I mean, I'm I'm always the first one who will step in the ring and try to jab somebody, especially yeah. people who deserve it. Yeah. Because I don't think there's a lot of people enough in our town who do that. But now I feel with somebody, it's actually funny because where Trump made me less aggressive, okay, Trump actually made me, like, if you have somebody out there who is so evil and so aggressive and who is really kind of a warmonger, I mean, he's really starting... Like, he, he's trying to start a war with anybody, you know? I mean, every day it's something new. But now I feel like, okay, well, w- you know, what can I do that's not pulling them into the ring and starting to chap them? Like, what can I do? And I haven't really quite honestly figured that out, what is the way. But I, there has to be a way for us when everybody is so outraged at looking at Republicans, um, you know, denying women a voice mm-hmm. and and you know being openly fascist and discriminating by the way this in a in a town where muslims are always portrayed as the bad guys arabs are always portrayed as the bad guys so again like there's a lot of hypocrisy but like how can we use that and actually say how about we use this momentum to clean up our own house yes because here's here's the thing about that you know I look at you, I look at me, there's a few... I had this conversation this morning with a woman who is a writer, who's fantastic, and we were talking about the same thing, about what's it like to be outspoken in Hollywood, okay? And it is frightening. It is also brutal. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's different for an actress as... and my m- Like, my job really depends oftentimes when I'm out for open director assignments. It really depends on me having a good reputation so it just takes one person who didn't like that i was a loud mouth mm-hmm. and i'm done yeah you know and so h- how many guys do you think there are on a set when i when i show up it's not like i i come late it's not like i'm on trucks it's not like yeah. i scream at crew yeah uh, i don't abuse crew but you know I am going to be decisive. And I am going to insist that I want to do what I envision to do, especially when a showrunner says that's what he or she wants. And that, I I make enemies the minute I decide that I'm not going to cower. And so it's very hard for me to walk out of a job and not have made a couple of enemies. That's just, is it, and I think that's every woman's, I don't know any woman who can just, you know, walk out of a job and be liked by everybody. I've tried it. I've tried to bribe people. I've tried to buy coffee cards on every episode that I did. I tried everything I could. It doesn't work. Yeah. I just have to be me. And I know that my heart is in the right place. I don't do crazy shit that I hear other directors do. Yeah. And so... I just want to do my job well, and if that makes me enemies, or if if they Google me before and they read that I write a lot about women directors, and if that makes me enemies, any of that stuff, then there's nothing I can do to convince them otherwise. So what does it take for this industry to also allow the Senator Warrens of us to speak and have a voice? What does it take? Yeah. And what does it take for us to actually be popular? When Effie Brown did that thing, um, you know, the famous <laughs> you know, Matt Damon interrupted yeah. her, there was an aftermath. I, I'd read about it. The Fairley brothers quit. She was disliked by Matt Damon for the longest time. I think she still is. Or she said, I'm not his favorite person. This is usually what happens to women who dare to object in our liberal industry. So what does it take for us to actually become popular for exactly that? Like what does it take for this industry for us to actually be welcome? Like we want your voice because we want to get better. And that's where where I would like to get. And I would like to ask some of these famous people who are tweeting us, you know, the the Judd Apatos and any of those. I mean, there's so many liberal People tweeting actively against Trump. And I love that. But what does it take for you to also understand that we don't have a voice?
0: Yeah, for sure. And just remember to keep it (sighs) close. Yeah. Um, Make love to the mic, Lexi. Make love to the mic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, it's... for me it's it's just this right i thought for a long time that my job was to wake people up who were sleeping and what i recognized is that i'm not a human alarm clock that is not my job that is not my role my job is to have my arms spread wide open for the people that are the people that are wiping the proverbial sleep from their eyes being like wait a second what happened? Where am I? What's going on? And being like, hello, welcome. Let me tell you about everything that you've missed. You know, um, and in regards to the quote unquote, liberals, especially the straight white men, you know, that um, privilege can be blinding. Very, very, very blinding. And I remember Jed Apatow had tweeted something at Trump that said you tweet like a 14 year old girl. And I responded with, Oh like really, really? Because when you are when you're dealing with systemic anything. Anything that is um, so ingrained in you, you don't even recognize those moments when you're being racist, when you're being sexist, when you're being homophobic, you know, when you're being xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that word phobic, you know, because it's not a fucking phobia, like you're just being a dick. Um but when it, when it is so ingrained in you, like it, it does take some time of someone being like, "Hey, what you just said was racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, whatever the case may be," and that it's not so much sometimes how well the message is received, but how how well the message is given, right? See, I I
1: have to disagree with that because Mm. I'm like, let me just say it. You can't just get angry at me because
0: I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, but the difference between you fucking ass hat, what you just said was like so fucking. But have you ever noticed just
1: by stating it, people get upset?
0: Well, yeah, for sure. But those are are the ones that um, are not ready to wake up. Those are the ones that, because what happens when we get called out? on something, right? We either and I think that there's a big difference between men and women in this regard. Um and hopefully I won't get shit for saying this, but I really do it's been my experience that somebody calls you out on something and either you get really defensive really really defensive or you do the other thing which I find a lot of women to do which is they um really contract in themselves and are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And they still make it all about them as opposed to that honest middle ground of I had no idea that what I said was offensive. I had no idea that what I said was insert sexist, racist, homophobic, ba 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 ba. Um forgive me for my ignorance thank you for calling me out and now that I know better I will do better you know um people don't like people don't like hearing the truth they don't because they don't like that feeling that it comes from within they don't want to take responsibility
1: yeah I mean especially with uh, I would say um well, any of the isms, really, but with racism and sexism, it's like when you point it out, it's like you called them you call them a racist, yeah. and, and they think you just call them a member of the KKK or something. It's yes. not just like, hey, you know, we all have racism in us, all of us, yeah. you know. Um, and so, you know, and even I have to say, I'm I'm I often I'm I'm very sexist. Like I have my own sexist tendencies about not about not. Reverse sexism, which doesn't exist. But I'm sexist so towards when I make choices about women. I, yeah. You know, the years of internalized misogyny, like it's, you know, it can't just be turned off. That's why so many women don't hire women in our business and all of that stuff. But my point is that I have it. You yeah. Know? And so, and somebody said to me the other day, because I, I asked this question, I'm like, hey, so I have this discussion with the young film student girls that help me tweet sometimes, because I'm not always tweeting myself. Sometimes I let somebody else take over. And they said, it's sexist of me that when when it gets really bad, when like racists and fascists and neo-Nazis and alt-right or whatever they call themselves, uh, in my mentions that I ask a guy to take over. And, mm. and so I made this little poll. Is it sexist or not sexist? And a bunch of guys answered, well, if you don't know, then we're all lost. No! No, <laughs> no I struggle with the same thing. This is not... You know, this is not, uh, it's a disease. It doesn't mean we're not affected because we're women, you know. And and by the way, when I hire, for example, even crew, um, you know, it's not that I'm not ruled by the same fear. I look at women's resumes. Oftentimes their resumes are a lot shorter because they haven't gotten the opportunity, um, you know. And my first instinct is, I got to get the best because I'm already on, I'm already on the, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? Shit list. Well, and I'm already the risk. Yeah. I can't, I have to like, I have to be 10 times as good as a guy. I can't just wing it. And I constantly have to prove that I wasn't a mistake to hire. It doesn't matter how many awards I win and how many how good I am. I always have to prove that I'm not a risk.
0: you know, what's so interesting. It's so, so interesting that you bring this up. Because this has really been um, something I've been coming to terms with these last few months. You know, I've been an actor for almost 30 years. And, you know, I, I've i been put in that proverbial box by some, you know, as quirky, whatever, ba 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 ba, ba, ba. And I've outgrown that, you know, that I've completely outgrown that label, whatever. And yet, people would still like to keep me in there. And so, I'm still asked to audition for roles like that. And I found myself feeling so dirty and so gross that why do I have to prove to you that I can do this when I've already proven myself? I don't need to prove myself anymore. You know, it's like a doctor that's been performing open-heart surgery for 10 years and then has to go to another hospital. And it's like, nope, you've got to start with the drawing of the blood. We can't just let you into the OR. Like, you've got to start with it. We can, We need to see that you can draw blood. You know, when it's, they've already got awards of excellence proving that they can do it. You know, um and I just said no. I I had to make a choice for myself that said I actually don't need to prove myself to you anymore. And the you being casting directors, producers, ba 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 ba, you know, for those specific for those specific roles, you know, um
1: It's funny. I have a different opinion about that. Mm. But I also know where you're coming from. I I mean, look, I think of all the jobs, even though we have the worst numbers as directors, I don't want to be an actress. I think you guys, the actresses in this business, I I, I don't know how you guys put up with the abuse, honestly. And it's abusive. I I, see it left and right, and it's i can't, i can 't even imagine so i 'm not underestimating yeah. what you guys go through yeah, but let me just talk actor director okay yeah, for because sure. this is now a thing i 'm going through like yeah. no, like i 'm trying to cast this movie needs a certain guy because it 's based on a real oh, sorry, nobody wants to read I mean the dude with one credit doesn 't want to read anymore because he 's made one big movie or whatever, whatever. This is now a thing, I, I, and we don 't know if it 's the agents now that they mm. basically they say. A, a British actor once said to me, he said, I don't know what this and I wish I could do a British accent, but I can't. So I don't know what this thing is in LA where people like wanna have lunch at the Chateau Mamon, like, why you wanna have lunch with me? Let me come in and <laughs> read. This is what I do. <laughs> and British actors have always looked at it much more like a job, like a yeah, profession. For sure. And I appreciate that. And here's here's my thinking, like, why mm. doesn't everybody read? It doesn't matter how big of a name you is and how often you have done this there is something about every role i mean god i hope i hope we're not writing the same shit we kind of are but but the good stuff i hope we're not writing the same shit though and so i feel like although it does bother me when a really like seasoned actor comes in and auditions for me like even at the time when i only had a couple of credits it does make me very uncomfortable but you know i even had a conversation about that and the truth is this this is a, is a, it's its own unique profession okay i've written a role mm-hmm. and i don't even know quite yet who yeah. i see it and sometimes an actor comes in and does something that yeah. i haven't even imagined And yes. suddenly this role is so yes. much richer yes and so i feel that when it comes to auditioning i wished all actors would be much more like the british actors who mm-hmm. don't understand the fucking lunch at the chateau yeah. who want to come in and yeah. read? they don't want to fucking have lunch
0: for sure but with that too i will say this You know, there are different kinds, there are different kinds of projects that one goes in on, right? Um, and I'm not saying I don't want to audition, period. hmm Give me the opportunity for something to audition for a role that is multidimensional, that has meat, that has substance, that isn't pretty much a female caricature, um, And fuck yeah, like there's, there's nothing more, um, that I love than getting to prepare for something that I feel is worthy of me, you know, but, you know, in this industry where it's, I think that there's a lack of respect in terms of, um, there's, there's there's a narrow-mindedness and people aren't really open to seeing new things, right? And with that too, it's that what am I making, why am I making this decision? Is it based off of fear, you know, and that I've got to be the good girl and I've got to comply and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I've heard like my past representatives being like, you know, work begets work, and for me, I'm like, shit begets shit. you know, so if you are trying to grow and you're trying to expand and you're trying to change um, you're not going to do that by continually going out for the same thing again and again and again and again, especially when um if you want people to have a different view of you, you can't do that by. Um going in for the thing that they know you for, if that makes sense, you know, so it's, and I found just that it's a I don't understand why people don't put their scripts through spell check mm-hmm. at all, and b, you know I I just again want to make it so fucking clear that I don't think I'm Meryl Streep in regards to Darling, I should only get offers for everything. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if I get a script that says, like, quirky, like, 30s, or I get, like, a lot of scripts where it's, like, 45 and 200 pounds, to which I'm like, what? Okay. So either you clearly don't know what you're looking for, or... um you have a very, very skewed vision of who I am, right? And and this leads back to the bigger thing is that I will no longer let other people define me. Right. You know, and taking that risk and taking that leap of faith in terms of rewriting the script for myself, you know, in terms of how do I want to be seen? How do I want to be viewed and um and yeah, so like I definitely feel like I need to prove myself, but I'm just going to choose not to prove myself in a way that um I already have if that makes sense
1: it makes sense, but you know there's so many so many issues about this in our industry, one is. The percentage of good quality roles mm-hmm. is, what, 10%? What, have if you even, that. Yeah, exactly. If that. So, so how do we make a living? I mean, I would love to see this town, uh, how it would function if we would all be on a universal income. Mm-hmm. Just to see. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. boy, that would certainly make a meritocracy. Because yeah. You know, look, You know, we're, we're all making a living no matter what, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's just put our best... See, I'm an athlete and, and I've competed my whole life and I love competition. And I love the idea that I step on the mat and, you know, I didn't always win. I won a lot, but there were times I lost and I love the idea that... I step on the mat and I lost a tournament a really like important one and I had to figure out like why did I lose what yeah. did this other person yeah. do better yeah. and to me th- those and you know in a way like there w- there would be situations where a fight was really tight the points were really tight And, you know, your easy out was to blame the judges, but I had one of those coaches that said, you have to win so undeniable that you cannot blame a bad judge because you lost by one point in the the national championship. And so those are all the things I believe in. And boy, none of this is present in this town. Okay. It's not a meritocracy. And and then I think the big problem people like you and I have, and I'm sure a lot of our peers have who are actually good at their job is that... It's demeaning to have to go through such an effort, and boy, do I have to do it all the time. I get a shitty yeah. script that's really kind of not even b movie but c movie yeah. um you know i could I know I could write it better. I see a million tropes, tired tropes, mm-hmm. The jokes are not funny, it's yeah. not intelligent, it's just a piece of shit, but I have to beg. I have to beg. I have to go in and do a great job and beg. Why? Yeah. Because I also still have to make a living. Yes. And to be honest, there's mm-hmm. not much. I mean, I could, sp- if I, the, the skills that I have to do something else, I can't just do them halfway. Like, I would have to switch careers completely. Yeah, yeah. And I chose so far not to do that, which means I have to play the game, you know. And the game means that there are projects that, you know, I internally roll my eyes at, you know, maybe even like openly, you know, but not in front of people. But I still have to and this is the this is the where the power balance is not quite Mm -hmm. in order is. You know, they know they have a shitty project, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to come in and still beg them. You know, even though and I'm not saying this to be arrogant, because in many cases I'm not. But in many cases, I would be a benefit to them. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. that's not absolutely. how they treat me, okay? Yeah. And I think we, I have to say, I think we all go through that. Mm-hmm. That's men, women. I think women go through it more because there's not even that. I mean, for us, there's uh, so many less roles and so many less opportunities. There's no doubt about it. But that's a general... You know, thing in our industry that you know, with so much shit being produced, you know, how do you even feel good doing a good job? You oh know? yeah. So that's that's part of it. But I also think, to be honest, yeah, I would send you a script uh, for, um, you know, whatever two hundred. 200- I mean, I'm not not that I ever put a weight to a character, yeah. But like, I would send you that because an actor friend of me, uh, mine, Dash Myhawk, once said to me because I said to him. It had to do with a role I was casting, and I said, "Well, this guy really needs to look like he cannot win a fight and never had a fight, and yeah. I like kind of lost." And, yeah. and he's like, "He's like Lexi, I'm an actor; I should be able to do anything."
0: Absolutely. And so
1: I, I, I always remember that because he said, "It's you know, it's about the way it's the, your body language; it's about the way you carry yourself." So I don't see you as the overweight quirky sidekick uh, yeah. that that's not what jumps in my mind but yeah. if there is a role that I see in a script that is written like that yeah. even if she's 300 pounds although all of this is a trope I, yeah, I might actually sure. say it is a trope yes, but if absolutely. I would have somebody in a script like that yeah. I would definitely send it to you um, because I would think Heather can probably transfer herself and be exactly like yeah,
0: it, you ex- know, and uh, yes, and with that too, this brings up an interesting point. I feel like I am going to get so much shit for saying this. Let's not worry about the shit. Okay, I am not going to worry about it. So, I was given a script for um, a uh, for a comedy because that's most of like that's the generic thing for the comedies um, that that kind of character description right? So Melissa Car- McCarthy can be loud and abrasive and funny in a way that I can't be because she is heavier than I am. So there is a, it's less threatening. I'm not saying that's right, but it's the truth. It's less threatening versus me saying the same exact line in the same exact way, it would have come across as either shrill or purely bitchy and lose all of the comedy.
1: That's true. That I mean, that's in real life about women like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, it, there is a truth to that. No, no, there is an absolute truth to that. So with that then, I remember I had this one specific audition. Um, and I was like, I... The comedy is written for somebody that is so larger than life in a way that I am not. So how am I going to make this work? So I gave her a very thick Boston accent. It was the only thing that was going to make it... Can you
1: do one line? Because I don't know how that sounds.
0: We're going to go to the park. I'm going to go to the park after Zach and then, you know... I know we're going to, we're going to go hang out with the fellas. Like whatever. I don't, I don't fucking know. Like I worked on it <laughs> for like a long fucking time to just, it has its own unique accent. It does. Huh, like it does. Different than New York. Yeah. It's very different in the sense of it's a lot more, uh, as opposed to, oh my God, it's, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's, 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 um, softer, right? It's softer. And so I remember like I went in and I did it with a very thick Boston accent and the the comedy was there. The comedic beats were there. And then I got a call from my agent after being like, why did you do that? Why did you give her that Boston accent? <laughs> and I explained to her, you know, what I just said about um, the comedy wouldn't have been there otherwise. And... And so in terms of getting to make roles her own and getting to bring something unique um, that somebody else might not think of, I feel that sometimes... People are so so much more concerned with um, their egos being stroked than they are with actually getting to witness good performances. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, it makes total sense. But I can also tell you uh, is I see two sides of that. Mm. When you have great confidence in yourself Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sitting there as the creator, as the writer, whatever, you can look at that and say, wow, there's an actress who, like, put some thought through this and thought that because she's not, uh, you know, overweight, because she doesn't have the physical, like, she made, she added something that she, like, and I don't know if you've explained that in the room or whatever, but, but... when, you know, and again, this this is almost all creators, no matter how much success they had. And this is something I had to learn because mm. I couldn't understand certain people's behavior. And I thought, well, this is so weird. Why is this person acting so strange and insecure? Because I had assumed that somebody at a certain point in their career when they have had, 10 shows when they've had so much success when everybody in town speaks about them that they had a certain confidence and security but in our town this is not the case at all it's literally they all think they are one day away from never being hired again it doesn't matter and so i can tell you that under that fear from which i suffer as well i try to keep it in check but under that fear you sit there and you hear all you can see is somebody changed your character. The character that you've already seen for 10 other episodes cannot be from Boston because there's a whole backstory about mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and they just maybe have come from dealing with 10 executives yeah. uh, who try to make this person, you know... Yeah. Uh, uh, German, French, blah, 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 whatever, New York. And you've already fought them. And here comes this actress and she's doing the same thing. And all you can think of is your own fears. Somebody else is trying to change something. So it's really, you know, it's hard because we all come... When nobody's confident, nobody can function on a good artistic level.
0: Yeah, and that's where I just don't give a shit anymore. That like... And that... Like, I really don't give a fuck anymore, Lexi. I really don't. I, uh, you know, I, like, especially within, like, the last, the last year, but really the last six months, I have stopped giving a fuck. Like, I really, really have. You know, that idea of, it, it goes back to, you know, if you are, if you are raised to believe That like your body is not your own in whatever way, you know, the continual microaggressions that come upon a person, especially if they're female. Um, I had to recognize that my life was mine. My career was mine. Taking responsibility for the choices that I make. And with that getting to trust and getting to not make decisions out of fear anymore. Cause I did that all through my fucking twenties where I would go back and forth between auditioning for shit, like for shit where I had spent such a long time cultivating a resume that I thought was respectful, save for sorority boys. Um, but everybody needs to have a strip tease <laughs> on their resume. And I would say to a point also hostile to um, now that it's, it's almost 10 years old. And I know that people are fans of the film. But I wanted an opportunity to work with Quentin Tarantino, you know, at the time. Um, you know, but, but I went through this period of, like, listening to everybody else in terms of playing the game, Right. So going in for things that I didn't want to go in for because I wanted to to stay open. I wanted to let the universe know that, like, well, yeah, I've got to say yes to this. Because if I don't say yes, then the universe is going to think, ba, 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 ba. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play the game, even though I literally want to gag as I'm saying these lines, you know. Um, and, And then I did the other thing where I just said no. Like, nope. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I was labeled as difficult by my agents. You know, because if there's one thing that I know, it's fucking good material. I know when it's good and I know when it's not good, and I know when I'm right for something and I know when I'm not. You know, it's it's very 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 clear to me. And you know, this past this past year, I just got to the point where I was like I don't really care anymore. I trust that I was given the the talent that I have for a reason and that it's not meant to go to waste, you know, and, and that I'm going to work with exactly who I'm meant to work with and I'm going to stay open. But with that too, I'm going to set a firm fucking boundary in terms of um, saying no to things that I feel are killing my soul because there's nothing worse. I don't care if what kind of fucking job interview it is, but when you literally feel like you are going to die. And for me, it was feeling like a prostitute going to interview in front of a John to see then if like you met the criteria to go hook on the street.
1: I think that that, that is a general actor problem, though. Yeah. And uh, obviously much more for women. But, I mean, I see them objectified all the time. I yeah. mean, uh, to me, it's a, it's for women, it's really a horrific. Yeah. Horrific uh, to the point where agents tell them what to wear and, you know, wear tighter jeans next time. These are things that are normally said. Hi, little guy. Oh, yeah. There's a little dog here um, who I adore, and he's got a bull stick, and it makes me so happy that he has a bull stick. Because, frankly... I like a little dog chewing on a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Um. And I don't even have that problem. I don't even have the like, quote unquote, um, objectify problem in the way that, you know, um, But op- it's
1: object- objectified in a different way. Oh, yeah, you know, for it's, sure. It's, it's, it's definitely, look, I consider it to be a cattle market. And because I'm on the other side of it, yeah. in this case, yeah. I, I feel constantly guilty and horrible. Yeah. You know what? When I, for the first time, and this still, I mean, it haunts me to this day. Uh, you know, when I, for the first time, had somebody show me what actors mean foreign Okay, but the foreign sales people have these numbers, or they have these ABC, and then all these countries are listed, and I saw names of actors, and then I saw these, oh, means in Japan, C, means in Russia, B, in Germany, this person is an A for some reason. Oh, but this person is a fucking D everywhere. And by the way, th- the person I'm thinking of right now is a fucking legendary actor, a yeah. dude, right? Yeah. Who I like could could never quite understand why he couldn't, um, you know, get a movie queen lit and starred because yeah. legend, right? But, yeah. but then I saw these like, I mean, it's horrible. It's cattle. It's like a cattle yeah. call. And so it's, it, it, it's fine. Um, I love dogs so there 's dogs on me right now, and I love it so that that 's always been an issue the The problem I have heather is with people like you you know look i I think everybody needs to do what 's good for their soul, yeah right, yeah, obviously, I had yeah. a moment about that the other day the problem is that I now because i 'm an activist, I know a lot of statistics yeah. okay, and when women like we 're not You know, Michael Keaton goes away, Bill Murray goes away, they can't they fire their agents, you know, they they do everything to not work again. We will track them down and beg them to come back to work. This only works with men. Mm. Only works with men. This whole like, well they wanted to get away, but we sure can bring them back. Yeah. This never works with women. Never works. I've not seen anybody try Deborah Winger back,
0: you know. Yeah, I was just going to bring up in uh, yeah. Searching for Deborah Winger, that documentary. Oh, and by the
1: way, I mean, they, they, you know, there's people we don't even talk about anymore. There's, there's directors that I was like, holy fuck, I remember that woman. You know, with women directors, I don't even know if they choose or not, but they just, you know, get canceled. Like, yeah. it's like they are erased from history. But actresses, even when they're well-known and they decide they're not going to play the game anymore... Uh, it's one of those things where essentially, you know, that's, you know, I've not, I've not seen this work out you know, for anybody, well maybe one person, but I'm now for example thinking, where's Cameron Mannheim? I love Cameron Manheim. Yeah, you
0: know? and but you know what? This is really how I feel about it. And this is not based off of um, you know, some pie in the sky belief but, like, real, true experience. You know, I, this is this is what I think of. So we're sitting here in my apartment right now, right? You're, you're petting the dog. We're sitting here. The sun is shining. And we're in the city of Los Angeles and the state of California and the United States in the world. I have to sometimes pull myself back to the point to recognize that we are literally... On a planet that is wobbling, not even in the center of the fucking universe. I need to get that expansive in my thinking to put everything in perspective. I have no plan B. I have an expansion on plan A. You know, um, my goal in the next five years is to have one of the most successful fucking inclusive production companies in this industry that's giving people like Scott Rudin a run for their money. You know? Um, it's a good goal to have. Yeah. And and it's one that, it's a vision that I've had for myself since I was a kid. You know, like when I was working on films, I was not eating lunch with cast members. I was sitting with um, Jim Deneau, like in the fucking camera truck, learning about lenses and learning about like the double china silk and learning about light and why are you choosing this shot and like what are we doing here in terms of getting to tell stories. Um so so for me I, I really do feel like she persists. I I I have no other choice, right? It's I, I, I know for me that like what I do is bigger than what I am. You know, it's my, my purpose is bigger than anything else. You know, I know that like I'm meant to tell stories in whatever way possible. And I get to look, I mean, for fuck's sakes, dude, I literally, a girl who is found in a fucking locked closet eating peanut butter off a wall, put into foster care, who's like sitting here now with you, like, why Premier. don't we film that story? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we? Like yeah. That's epi- Amazing. Yeah. premiere episode of a podcast. Here we are. Right. Like for all nine 11, I was supposed to be at uh, trade center. One 15th floor, nine a.m. Overslept. Wow. My alarm amazing. didn't go off.
1: That is amazing.
0: Yeah. And those are just two instances. So I do get to, I have such clear markers throughout my life. So, like, whether you call it universe, God, fucking higher consciousness, you know, um, intuitive GPS, like, I don't fucking know, I don't care. But I get to see so clearly that um, I'm continually being led. You know what I mean? So, so Mm. with that, I don't, I have a fearlessness these days that i didn't have before and i feel like i had to go through all of the experiences of being so fearful in order to now be on the other side and be like yeah i actually prefer this
1: right i mean and by the way that's of course a much better option you know to say i'm not playing their game anymore i'm going to still play the game but Mm -hmm. i'm playing it in my way and yeah. become more active behind the camera and yeah. become more active in producing yeah. and writing and directing or whatever. that is of course a whole different scenario, which I think you should definitely do. And anybody with any kind of sense of self should do. And as a matter of fact, I just had a kind of you know, professional crisis of, dealing with all kinds of like things that I shouldn't be dealing with because they have nothing to do with actually how good I am at my job but they just have to do with you know somebody doesn't like you and talks shit behind your back and uh, my good friend Scott Derrickson who's a director who just directed Doctor Strange and many many other things but who's riding high right now because of Doctor Strange he had you know said come on let's talk and he actually gave me this really great fight lesson, which is kind of odd when you were a professional fighter, <laughs> you know. But um, he said, he said to me, "You you cannot, you know, you cannot play Hollywood game based on their rules. You have to, you have to play it your own way." Yeah. Um, and he um, he said, you know, it strikes me as funny that you of all people are surprised that terrible people do terrible things. And I was looking at him. And I said. And I thought, I had that go through my head. I said, I, I am surprised that terrible people do terrible things, which is really kind of dumb if you think about it. And kind of naive. And, and if we were in the ring, I would really kind of like, if I know that I'm fighting somebody who's known to fight dirty, I would not be surprised that they stepped on my foot illegally.
0: You're like Johnny Flinton. <laughs> yeah, You're exactly. like Johnny Flinton before he's like, fuck this. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so I... um. But I looked at him and then I had to like laugh. I had this like, you know, kind of the kind of laugh attack that really comes from being pent up like Mm -hmm. frustration. But Mm -hmm. I had to laugh because it was so fucking obvious that I wasn't relying on any fighter instinct in in this atmosphere. I was just kind of like, oh, my God, this person is talking bad things and I cannot make them stop. Why are they doing this? why are, why am I surprised that terrible people do terrible things? I know I should be, I should know that. And so he said, you know, Lexa, look, I don't think that with everything you do, with all your activism, I don't think you can ever be the person who just keeps popping up on these open director epi- uh, uh, yeah. assignments on episodes. Because to be honest, that is a different game. Um, you know, you can walk into a great environment which I have luckily um, Corinne Brinkhoff who did American Gothic it was like the highlight of my career and I say that above my Oscar nominated short film yeah. above Green Street there was one episode in the middle of a series that didn't even go on um just the way i was treated on that show was the highlight of my career because yeah. for some reason that match of people the right dp the right showrunner yeah. a woman showrunner who was getting her own shit from other people it was it was so respectful that i was really able to like give everything without being you know yes worried about it um and you can walk on these but most of the time, you're walking into environments that are somewhat hostile, yeah. you know, that, that people think, oh, here comes affirmative action hire, uh, you know, because yeah. all of a sudden, because there's been noise, they see more people of color, they see more women. And um, so Scott had this kind of really, and it wasn't necessarily a polite talk. He was like, Lexi, what the heck are you doing? You know you can't do this town the way other people do. You know you're not just an open director, as an open assignment director. You know you can't just walk in everywhere and be everybody's best friend I said this is not the town where people People already this town wants to victimize people this town yeah. wants to say no and I said with you with everything you do from being you know a woman being an Arab being outspoken I said they want like to like do it 10 times and I said and you either have to be very good about taking it mm-hmm which I don't think you can, and it's not good for your soul, or you have to find a different way to do this. Type. Yes. And that I totally believe in. Um, what I find sad is when, when actresses or the women directors disappear and they just disappear. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: And that, and that, and that to me is, I mean, for fuck's sake, I started when I was seven, you know, like I'm still here, you yeah. know, and I'm just getting started. And that I think is the, Some people have a plan B because they're like, you know what? Like Ali McGraw, you know, who um, completely, she she completely left, but she made the choice. Mm -hmm. Like she made the choice to leave.
1: I think there's a lot of women. There's a lot of women who didn't make the choice and are not there anymore. And there's a lot of women who made the choice. And by the way, I don't blame them. But you
0: know what? Here's the thing is that I don't. This is going to sound crazy, but I do find it to be true for I me. I tend to
1: not think most <laughs> women are crazy. So.
0: I feel like my purpose is bigger than the industry that we're in in, in, in this regard. I do believe that the people that leave this business, they do ultimately make the choice They do ultimately make the choice. And that is fine. You know, I I don't. I disagree with you, dear.
1: I mean, I've seen some people who. See, I don't think we often see them. And because I see them, it scares the shit out of me. I see people who were great actors. I see people who were great DPs. I see people who were you know, create uh, writers and create directors. And it wasn't their choice because a lot of it in our business is luck and connections. And also a lot of times in our business, m- more in England but also here, Actually, it may be the same, but there's a lot of like in certain positions, for example, feature director. There's a lot of years in between. Mm-hmm. How do you support yourself when yeah. you don't have anybody in your family who can support you? Yeah. I just read the statistic this morning. Um, uh, somebody tweeted this, and I was stunned by it. That that like sixty percent of of millennials get help with a uh, uh, rent from their parents, and I'm like, I, I didn't have parents. Yeah. Who are And there's a lot of people I know in this industry who, like, they got a house from there, from one of the parents. Oh, yeah. and, And, you know, that shit, that... You know, and black people know all about this because they have all the statistics. Yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of reparations, which totally should happen because it's generational. Yeah. If you have one house in your family, it's a huge lack up for for anybody. Yeah. Just just to not pay rent, and so in England, for example, I have these conversations with Kat Cooper all the time. In England, it's impossible to be a producer. Uh, you know, when you don't have some kind of family money because the time in between projects is so long that you cannot survive otherwise yeah. there is no income for you
0: and I guess and, and this is just for me I mean it's part of the reason that I started the Patreon right where I mean I am doing like script doctoring and teaching as a way to supplement my income and barely barely treading water you know, um, and people have this misconception that a, because you're famous and you've been in some big movies that automatically means that you're loaded and flush, you know, and, and bringing the curtain back with that where it's not the case, you know, where a lot of my residuals are for like eight bucks, Mm -hmm. like eight bucks. Um, And so, so for me, like, I will say yes to certain projects that are shit if the pay is right, you know? So in that, so in that regard, like, I do say yes to things because yes, I have to pay the bills. Um, and the jobs always end up coming. Like in this regard, I went for seven years without a job. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I didn't work for seven years and I remember I would be on my knees just sobbing, being like, listen, universe, if I'm not meant to be doing this, you need to let me know because I have a high school education. I don't know how to do anything else. It's the only thing I know how to do, you know, um, then I'd get an audition and then I wouldn't get it and I'd be like, fuck, like fuck, um, But then inadvertently, like, something always came. Like, something always came. And so I feel like there is is a way, and for each person, like, it's it's their own individual journey. I never got help from my parents. I've been self-supporting my whole entire life. Like my whole entire life, um, never got an allowance, you know, um, like, and like this past year, literally down to like 54 bucks in my bank account, you know, and I drive like a beat up fucking Prius, you know, and like, I like have the fucking same shoes that I've had for the past, like six, seven years. You know what I mean? It's like, because that paycheck does have to stretch for long periods of time. Um, but like with that too, I really do fucking believe like I really, really, really fucking do that. Like, um, the universe does make a way where there is no way. And that's literally just based on my experience. Had a movie that like was attached to be an actor in for four years. Um, and September of two thousand nine, the director had called me and he was like, oh, "The money just like dropped out of escrow again." And I said, "Listen, sign me on as a producer, and I'll raise I'll, I'll 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 raise the money in three months. We'll be shooting." And he was like, um, "I was like, sign me on as a producer. I'll raise the money in three months. And in three months, we were shooting."
1: no i see yeah you should definitely do that more i mean look i'm not that big
0: on the fucking universe bringing
1: things around but i'm glad you are because i think i think it i'm always jealous if people believe anything if it's religious or if it's in the universe because i'm like that probably must feel much better than kind of thinking it's all you know really i'm much more cynical to be honest um but again it comes from you know you know I, I feel like whatever gets people through it and to be able to hold on because essentially what I see in you is not some universe doing something for you but you being extremely talented and not yeah. working you know. Um, and but listening what you were talking yeah, what you were talking about though, and see this is why I think we need to this is whenever I want to give up on this activism bullshit yeah. in our industry because yeah. sometimes i 'm really looking at us and i 'm like this fucking shit nest will never get better. You know, I'm really sometimes disgusted, you know, um, because they don't, you know, they just want to do the bare minimum, but they don't really want to get rid of racism. They don't really want to get rid of sexism and discrimination, right? They just want to look like they do. Um, And it frustrates the, the shit out of me because... We are the world's number one export of stories. You don't think we have anything to do with what's happening in the world right now? Everybody's voting populism. Everybody's basically voting the Third Reich, and this is not the only country who's done this. This is happening everywhere. So I'm frustrated because I also think we have a responsibility. One of the things you were talking about is see, I see this a lot. You're not one of you're not the only friend of mine, super talented, professional, long, long resume friend who suddenly has a. a uh, padron going what 's it called padron? Patreon patreon or some other kick fund and stuff and to me it 's a little bit um, i i I support everybody who wants to do it i 'm frustrated by it because I feel like we 're creating a bit of a you know the, you know I've, i I know a lot of stories of what the guys go through, and white guys have this thing where they always help each other out, and I know this for sure because I know some of them really well and they tell me the stories. It doesn't matter if it's actors or directors but you know I know people who can pick up the phone and say I'm running out of health insurance and even yeah, though they that can person, get a job even though that person hasn't worked in like how many years all of a sudden it's like oh yeah I get yeah. Yeah, I get it's a whole big like I help you out, bro. Yeah. I read this Soderbergh movie and I made a mistake to read it at the beginning of my career. It was called Getting Away with It and there was all these I, I didn't know that there was a difference between women and directors or, or how women directors and men directors get treated at that time. Um, and again coming from an athlete point of view, my teammates always treated me, the male teammates treated me with the same respect. Um everybody in every martial arts school treated me with the same respect as the dudes, even even though I was a lightweight in the women and, and they were heavyweights men. So I wasn't used to it. So when I read that book, I read all these things that he got, all these perks that he got from the very beginning of his career. And even when he flopped a couple of times, there was this belief that we have to keep him afloat. Yes. We have to give him rewrite jobs just so he makes money. And he says that fry right out. Like he says that Basically, he was getting jobs that nobody really wanted him to do or believed that he was the best to do it, but they were just to pay him a paycheck. Yes. I read these things all the time, okay? But I never read them about women.
0: Yeah.
1: They don't do it for us, and I don't think there's enough for us to do it for each other. Um, So we don't have that, and I feel like with with all these professional women now having these patreons and kickstarter stuff i my worry is that because i don't know about you but i have it in my dm box or in my feed a hundred times like i mean there's so many requests and Mm. i retreat them as much as i can yeah unfortunately i'm not you know rich myself so there's a limit on what i can support but but I, I, it worries me because it feels a little bit like, you know, I've I've shot something in India once. And, of course, in certain areas, when you go in as a Westerner, uh, you know, all you have is this, you know, mob of kids hanging on to you for anything you can spend. Yes. And I feel like my Twitter feed is becoming that. Mm. And it's only people of color and it's only women.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that I, A, don't plan on using Patreon forever. You know, it's... Um, like the Patreon account. Don't get me wrong. I oh, don't yeah, think no, it's no, a bad no, 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 no. thing. I mean,
1: every podcast should charge anyway. And th- yeah, th- it's for not a sure. bad thing. It's just like, I get what you're saying. I get, frustrated. Frustrated.
0: I get yeah. what you're saying. And with that too, you know, Gary Marshall, who just passed, was one of those rare people that doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, like he would, you needed health insurance. He'd put you in his movie, you know, like incredibly, incredibly rare, rare individual you know what i just asked actually um somebody in terms of um mentorship and guidance who um was did you see that too that um <laughs> there was like a it was all nice and sunny in here and then some shadow came along um asked this this hollywood bigwig you know um for mentorship And getting to see the difference between, like, the first meeting we had and then, like, the subsequent follow-up emails, you know, where I still have those moments of being naive enough and trusting enough to be like, oh, my God, like, wow, they're one of the real few who get it, and then getting to see the other side of, oh, maybe not, maybe not. Um, But I I really, really do believe that... This is the bare bones beginning for a change with women in this industry, and I feel as though um, we are going to we're gonna get more power, and I I, I really do feel that way. Like, because if not, like I'm just gonna fucking kill myself, <laughs> you know. And and I can't do that because I have way too much to do, and I I made a commitment to life this year, you know. Like I always had. I I always, and I joke about suicide a lot on Twitter, you know, but I always really did have this proverbial out, like, if things ever got really bad, I know I could just check out. Right. Like, I know I could go. I could make that ultimate choice for me to say bye. I I feel
1: the same. I mean, I feel the same way, and, and, um, you know, I want to be careful that, you know, know, people don't... Assume that this is encouragement. Oh, but no, yeah. no.
0: But, but, but what I'm saying is that I then made a decision. It, it, it was put to me in such a way of just, what about like really just truly living life? And, and I recognized for the first time in, in my life that I'd never actually contemplated what it was to truly live and to truly be alive. And with that, then, you know, I got into a big fucking row with the fucking proverbial universe. And I was like, listen, I just made a fucking commitment to life. I just made a commitment to stay here. I handed in my death card. Like, I handed in my proverbial parachute. So you better make it worth it. You better make it worth it. And again... I'm now getting to see evidence that it is incredibly worth it. And to speak on what you were just saying in terms of us being the, the largest exporters of storytelling in the world. I feel like this is about like the, the real birth of the divine feminine storyteller in this sense. There is so much going on. And with the scripts that I've I've been reading, I've been finding that, um, a, the scripts that I'm reading that are from female writers are so incredible. Like they're so fucking incredible. And they're filled with such nuance and such truth and such authenticity. Um, And I, I, I really just do believe that, like, the tide is shifting. I can't not believe that, dude. I, like, I can't not believe it.
1: Well, I think that's what's called hope, and I think we all have it differently. I mean, look, uh, you know, I literally don't even know what you're talking about when you talk about the universe. That's how much of an atheist I am. Yeah. This all, And here's why. Because, you know, I read... Every morning I read the news in both Arabic and German, you know, and so, you know, I... uh, I can't believe that if there is a God or if there is some kind of spiritual universe that like, like I I don't believe you know my people in Syria would have to go through this shit. Yeah, right? no, 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 and no, 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 no. so I get what you're saying. It, it to me any of the talk of like I think it's just on us. I don't yeah. think there's a universe or God that pays anything back or watches over us. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I think that we are powerful.
0: Yes, and that's what and yeah and and, and so I guess I I need to reframe what i mean when i say universe, but again
1: like i'm not one of those atheists yeah. who's bothered by yeah. people being spiritual yeah. my mother is a big talk about the universe okay yeah. big universe everything you know and you know like that's what moves her you know what moves me is i'm 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 um, inspired by solidarity mm-hmm. by people organizing yeah um i'm Sometimes this makes me elitist. I try to, like, watch that about myself. But I'm inspired by highly intelligent people. I usually, like, hang on to them. I'm turned off by idiots. And that happens <laughs> on Twitter more <laughs> often than not. So the ignorance is, like, the what people said lately about the Nazis, because I grew up in Germany where you have to learn so much about them, yeah. right? It It's just, like, it blew my fucking mind, you know? Yeah. So, but again, like, you are... You know, if you need that spirituality, my friend, you know, Kazim needs, uh, you know, Allah and Islam, and, you know, my friend Scott needs Jesus and Christianity yeah. and whatever works, you know. Um, I often like. You know, look at people when they start talking about either religion or spirituality yeah. and I'm like, this is like Chinese to me. Yeah. But again, it doesn't make your way any better than mine. Yeah. But I do think, in and what we all have in common is that we believe in a humanity and the potential of humans. And yes. that's what I believe. And, and look, certainly there's a lot of potential in this room. And I'm not talking about the dogs who are very yeah. cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely, completely understand. We, we've been talking quite a long. Huh? My God, we have. Um, oh my God, we totally have. Um, well, I will say this. Wait a minute. Do yes. you have a
1: feature on the show? Like, where you, every time at the end you ask these questions? Or, or every yes. time... La, 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 Yeah. Oh, la, li, 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 so,
0: ha. let's... We're, we're going to do this now. So, it's a 2 Okay. When in your life have you been told to shut up and listen? And you've actually taken a moment... You listen um, and therefore have grown and learned boy uh, i mean
1: i 'm sure there were other moments in relationships and stuff, although i 'm not sure I did very well in them, um, but uh, you know, I went through uh, three years of Meisner, which was all about listening, and I, I purposely did it to become an actor 's director, you know, and <clears throat> as you know. It is all about listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember getting yelled at by the owner of the school for not listening. And it w- embarrassed me because there were all these actors in the class and she screamed at me um, You're not listening. You're not listening. You're thinking about your next thing to say. And boy, I, I wanted to die. But then I got it. You know, now the question is. How do you bring that on a very rushed set and remind people to listen? You know, people who are like, you know, it, the cl- clock is ticking and stuff. But I would say consciously that made me a better person mm-hmm. and a better director and a yeah. better storyteller. Yeah.
0: So actually, shutting up and actually listening mm-hmm. is how. Yeah. You learn. You learn. Well, to don't you agree listen. that actually makes no, a better? No. Are actor? you kidding me? Listening. Well, yeah. I mean, it just it, in every single way, shape, and form. In every single way, shape, and form. Because what is acting, acting is nothing more than um, getting to be a reflection of the human condition and human experience, you know? And if, if I'm in my head space and I'm not in my heart space and I'm not being present, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to have an organic, authentic interaction with you on screen, You know, and it's going to be shit. It's going to be so fucking bad. It drives me insane. It drives me insane. The brick walls that I've worked with. Like the brick walls that I've worked with that are so much more concerned. That idea of... Okay, so I'm gonna say this line and then I'm gonna move this pen over here at this line and then I'm gonna get up and then I'm gonna look at you and ba 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 as opposed to what if what if, what if we actually just do it? What if we do it and actually just see hmm. organically?
1: I often think that, you know, us on the other side are in the way of that. You know, God, you know, like uh, certainly in TV where you don't have a lot of... You just walk into an engine. Yeah. I often feel bad that you know, by the time the actors walk on set, the light is set up, everybody has an idea, we get out really fast, Mm -hmm. if you can just move the camera twice and not three times, but even though there's three actors, so now I have to talk two actors standing next to each other. It's like, you know, and again, like I don't want to do that, but I also understand... The beast of yeah. of it all, and it's. It, but I often like hurt. I hurt for the actors when I, when I can't give them the freedom that they should have. You know.
0: But it also depends on um, the TV show, right? It also like depends on. So d- you know, uh, the Duplass Brothers togetherness, right? Which is a very character driven show, even though it was canceled. You know, or the now also canceled, getting on that Laurie Metcalf did, right? those shows that are character-driven, there is a lot more opportunity to really be able to um, find those moments. But with that, too, TV is very different than film as well, right? Very different just in terms of the preparation. But
1: yeah, you know, look, if you only have actors talking and you don't have to worry about how we're going to get that Explosion, chasing scene yeah. or you know, whatever. and And by the way, those shows we also need. I enjoy them. Oh, yeah, them. Okay? yeah, yeah. And so, that's not disparaging. Yeah. But even like, even, you know, again, like HBO, the Duplass brothers, I like them. I just heard one executive told me that one of the Duplass brothers insisted on having diversity in his directing yeah. team, so I like him already. Yeah. But again, it's HBO. They have a lot of money. You know, yeah. we're not always in those situations. And sometimes yeah. it's a, You know, it, it is what it is. I think that the best thing is, can I, how can I give you the most freedom? But Mm -hmm. how can you also be a team player? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Of course, of course, of course. But I
1: do hurt. I mean, it hurt because, you know, Imagine, not every director has done three years of Meissner. Yeah. So I hurt when I have to tell an actor that, you know, you have to stand here. This is going to be a two shot because I can't get three set up. Yeah. Like, I'm hurting, you know? I mean,
0: here, but here's the thing that's so beautiful and amazing. The fact that you would even tell the actors why you were shooting it the way that you were shooting it, as opposed to... Um, like some directors that I've worked with on episodic TV.
1: Yeah, that, I hear that a lot from they like,
0: we're so grateful
1: you talk to us. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, most directors don't really say anything to us. And like, I'm, it, I'm stunned about that.
0: I remember that there was a producer of this show that I did uh, a guest episode on, and he said, um, well, remember what um, Hitchcock said, actors are, are, are cattle. Like they're cows, essentially, just stand in your mark and say your line. Like that's Did it. Did Hitchcock say that? That's supposedly what he said. I
1: thought David Mamet said that, but I just,
0: I just, yeah, um, you know. But it, it's when I'm given the when I'm given the opportunity um, to to play in that way. You know, I'm, I'm always, always very, very grateful, you know, um, and I'm, I'm for the most part, most of the stuff that I've done, I've been afforded that opportunity. There have been like a few instances where I haven't been afforded that opportunity and I've essentially been told to like, shut up, hit your mark, say your line, that's it. Which is even more frustrating when it's, well, if we as the actors don't understand what's going on right now. How the hell is the audience? And for me it's if an audience is going to invest fifteen dollars going to a theater or they're gonna invest an hour of their time to watch a show, you wanna make sure that it makes sense and that it's coming across well, you know, because otherwise you're just gonna look like a fucking moron, you know. So in those in those moments I pick my battles, you know, where I will fight for a line or the way a line is read. And on top of that, I'll tell you what. I had an experience working on a show where I said a line in a certain way, again, guest star, and the director came over to me and was like, Um, listen, I need you to say the line this way and gave me a line reading, and I was like, Well, that doesn't make sense because if the whole entire story is ba 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 like why is my character gonna say it that way? Because that's then gonna um fuck up the reveal later. Right? If this is supposed to be some sort of mystery suspense drama and not letting the audience know. He was like, Listen, I completely get it. I completely understand, but this isn't coming from me. This is coming from executive land. So then you have executives that aren't even fucking creative, that have never acted a day in their fucking life, that don't know anything about fucking story. You know, maybe feeling like, you know, their penis. Is a little smaller on a certain day and want to exercise some power, you know. Um, which is, it's frustrating. But then.
1: it's super frustrating. But to be honest, on yeah. TV, the difference to TV and movies, is which which is why I think I like actually doing TV. Yeah. And this is what's funny because people think I I have to be like a movie director, yeah. right? And yeah. it's actually not at all. I I I love that I don't carry the whole responsibility. Yeah. Whereas on a movie, I will fight for my vision because nobody's going to say, it. there was probably a third executive a producer on the yeah. list who gave it that no. No, yeah. no. I, and on movies, I will fight until yeah, my vision is for on sure. screen. But in TV, I don't mind. Look, if, if I have a take that I think that fits in my cut, yeah, and some suit wants another take in a way that's completely wrong, yeah, and even if they want to use it... Uh, yeah. honestly I don't I don't I don't worry that much because it's not I'm not gonna carry it. But most of the times I have to say, um, I know I mean I, I I listen to the tone meeting, I know what the showrunner wants, essentially it's her yeah. or his vision anyway. Yeah. Once I have the take that I have, I yeah. don't mind giving it. Actors on the other hand often think, Oh, if I give you this other take, I know you're going to use this one. You know what, if you're intelligent and you have made that math in your head, give them the other take. Oh, yeah. It's going to land on the cutting floor. Oh, yeah. You know, I wouldn't even argue that.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But
1: I get it. It's frustrating because there's also a certain, I mean, to me, it's always like, you know, it's a certain disrespect. It's for me, too. When I get something like, oh, you want to do another take where she does it better or he does it better. Mm. And I'm like... You're basically saying that I, as a director who's done this for fifteen years, yeah. you know, cannot judge a performance. Yeah, it it was fine the first yeah. time, you know. Yeah. Um. So I get I get what it is. A lot of it is to do with respect, but also I think there's a lot of people who need to justify their position. Yes, absolutely. And I think you have to play that game too. see those for some reason, those things don't bother me nearly as yeah. much as the other politics. No, you know?
0: I get it. I get it. I, I really, really do my, and, and the thing is, is that I don't have, I, I don't have that fear anymore because what I do is essentially the same thing and they can't tell the difference. Um, I do the exact same thing and they can't tell the difference. <laughs> it's like, have it be sadder. Just have it be sadder. Okay. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. I, I know it didn't, didn't change a goddamn thing. Um, you know, but it's that, um, <clears throat> but I, I do, I, I do respect the, the, the work that I do and I, I do respect the people that, you know, I work with and I know that it's that idea that people say like, well, we're not curing cancer, but there are movies that like I've watched where it's definitely gotten me out of a major depression has definitely inspired me to make a phone call
1: biggest fucking problem is when people underestimate the power of stories what the fuck is wrong with people and it's it's bad you know this is why i always say like the best thing hollywood could do right now it frustrates me heather to the point where i want to fucking smash my phone just reading some certain tweets this is why i really have to be careful now and why i'm actually switching to the other side because I can't be angry like Trump is angry, yeah, okay? Yeah. Um, now it's a different game, but what frustrates me is if we would just say, okay, other people are fighting Trump, there's the ACLU, there's activists, it's not like we should stop, but you know what? There's a lot of great things we could be doing to make the world a Trump-less place. Yes. We could be telling stories that that put Muslims in a great light, that don't have... Barack Obama said two years ago he had a conference and said stop writing Muslims in a association with national security, not yeah. on the good or bad side. Yeah. He he was absolutely right. It's been said we, of course, have said this for years. I mean, I, you know, there's a great book called and a documentary called Real Bad Arabs about the whole history of it. But the point is… You know, in terms of Senator Warren, okay, mm-hmm. you don't want women not to have a voice? Guess what? Mentor two more women, writer, producer, show yeah. us. Yeah. W- what about that? Like, yeah. Let's clean up our house yes. so that the world's stories are becoming the kind of stories that turn nations into nations that don't vote for somebody like Trump. Yeah. Why can't we do that? That is the most powerful thing we as an industry can do. Or you can fucking curse out Donald Trump on Twitter if you want. Yeah whatever for sure I I now see this is the interesting thing when I thought we were doing fairly good when I thought we were really this country I thought after Barack Obama we're never voting uh, a a Republican in because it was he won by such a landslide that I thought where did all these people go now I have a whole therapy about this but nobody wants to hear that you know anyway the point is I didn't think we would request that bad and I think everybody was caught by the surprise so, but now that I understand, before we were the ones loud, 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 and there was like real hardcore. Um, uh, activists who try to wake up liberals and say, Look, you haven't cleaned up racism, blah, 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 and we were loud. I think a lot of us, a lot of the loud ones, have now kind of quieted down. And it's not because we've been shocked into oblivion. Yeah. We could still do this, but we don't see the sense in it anymore. Now that you all out there doing this thing we've done two years ago, yeah. while Barack Obama was still on there, yeah. I find. You know, we need to do something completely different.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. But
1: of course, we now have to watch basically these little, you know, baby souls that are just now realizing that Mm -hmm. America is not as liberal as Mm -hmm. they thought it was. We now have to watch them go through the Twitter thing. Oh, look at what I'm saying to Donald Trump on Twitter. And you know, it takes a lot for me. I, I don't know how I can convince them, but really, if everybody in Hollywood would just stop, it's not that I don't think actors shouldn't talk politics, it's not the point. But you know what? Masters of None will do more for us and for the uh, portray of Muslims than any of the shit you say on Twitter. Yes. Write that show. Yes. Greenlight that show. Yes. Produ- find a Muslim filming. Find a woman filming. Yep. You want Senator Warren never to be shut up again? not only should you make a movie about Coletta King, but you should also make sure that no woman on any set is ever shut up on any writings room. You know what we have? We have one showrunner who has now made it a mission to not have women writers be interrupted, okay? Mm. I heard this from one guy. I don't think the rest of it do it, okay? How about if you're so against a senator being being shut up and forbidden to uh, to read the words of a black woman you can do that in your own industry yes a- absolutely I don't think your tweet is going to change shit but you yeah. can actually do it in your own industry and yeah. that's what I would like for people to understand like why is that so hard to
0: understand yeah <sighs> Now, I really hope people listen to this uh, no podcast. i I think they <laughs> no i i mean i I fucking love you and i i I love every single thing that you have to say but, and my second question was gonna be you know um in what way um do people need to like shut up and listen, and I feel like you actually just answered that question
1: <laughs> they do <laughs> they they you know what and I'm look, we're all chatty people in Hollywood, okay, yeah. I get it okay we don't necessarily need to shut up. They need to shut up and listen to some of us who have this done for a long time. Yeah. Even better, listen to some of the... There's some activists that are so fucking good and they have told you, you know what are they saying to you? You know, there's been so many, I've seen so many Muslim activists are like, okay, CNN, you're really hating the Muslim band, but you have five white people without a Muslim discussing it. Why? Why don't you have two Muslim hosts on it? Better yet, have a hijabi, you know? So you're not doing the real thing. You're not, you're just putting a, not even a band-aid on. You're doing shit. You're just talking. You're not walking to walk. Clean up your own house. Yeah. So, Uh, we're not great at shutting up. But if you can just shut up for a moment and get instructions of some of the more hardcore activists who are telling you what you should be doing. And then you can go on and talk again and do do the thing that you guys all do. But you know what? Do it to clean up your own house.
0: Yeah, well, it, it makes me just think of the word intention, right? What is the intention behind it? What is the intention behind the tweet? What is the intention behind the action that you desire to take if it is to stroke your ego and to get a cookie like, look at me being an activist and creating change and look at me calling out so and so and ba 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 bah bah ba um versus
1: you know what my friends call it? I, I saw it the other day one of my really like good friends who's an activist and I you know he he goes under a name that I'm sure is not his name, so I'm not even going to mention it, okay. but he's fucking hardcore and really knows this shit right, and yeah. he said, "Oh, here comes the performance activist, mm. and boy, boy, oh boy, Hollywood is fucking great at that. It's yeah. performance activism. It's yeah. not real activism, yeah,
0: you're not doing anything, yeah, and activism is that it is when you are willing to be uncomfortable yeah. and you are willing to be inconvenienced, yeah." And you are willing to take that risk. And again, calculated risk in this regard. Because there are some people I feel that well, I don't give a fuck. And again, it's that look at how look at all of the risks I'm taking. So please praise me. My. Versus I'm being smart about um, the actions that I'm taking because I want to be able to affect the most change. Yeah, and this create is why the most you change. see a
1: lot of us who have spoken a lot on Twitter before have yeah. become more and more. Yes, because we don't see the sense in it anymore. Yeah, now you all up there talking shit, and it's
0: like great—you yes. go talk shit because yeah. while you're doing that, I'm actually going to be sitting here writing. Getting together with yeah. the other, you know, predominantly women, some men, you know, that are in this industry and saying, okay, so what can we do? Like, do you have any scripts? Like, yeah. let's get busy. Let's actually then start putting shit out there. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's the way to do it.
0: <sighs> well, um, Ms. Alexander, I love you and I'm so grateful you back. that you came on here. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening to the debut episode of Shut Up and Listen. You can catch Lexia Alexander on Twitter. And it's at Lexi. Alex. At Lexi Alex. Follow her if you're not already. She's awesome. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.